What's been happening in the Asian community has been disgusting. It really has divided us all, and the fact that it barely gets talked about is a problem. What up, y'all? I'm Alicia, your real-life princess. <laughs> and I'm Jay Gray, your HBG extraordinaire. And, and we, we are Changing, changing the, the game. game. Today, we have an incredible guest here with us. She's talented, wise, determined, and a lady boss. Here to talk with us about what the hell has been going on in our society. Without further ado, we'd like to introduce... Isabel Yanruchen. <laughs> How are you? I am doing good. I just came off from class and just rushed over here. Um, and I'm excited. I'm very excited for our conversation that we are to have. Well, we're very happy to have you here. Let's start with what is AAPI? So the AAPI community is known as the Asian American Pacific Islander community. Um, when we talk about Pacific Islands, um, Islander, it's mainly focusing on being in Hawaii or other places like Tongan or um, also just like Samoan as well. And there's other places that are often left out of the conversation. Um, but yes, that is the whole monolith of the community when we're talking about AAPI. There's a great amount of regions. There's East Asia, South Asia, Central Asia, Southeast Asia that is also included within our community as well. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I just want to dive right in because about, what was it, like a month ago, two months ago, all of a sudden the news like exploded with all these articles and videos and everything about what's been happening to the people in the Asian community that I had absolutely no idea that's going on. But with further research, apparently this has been going on for a while. Yes, correct. Um, this has been happening like a year, like ever since the coronavirus pandemic has happened. Um, a lot of people started to utilize the rhetoric. And I think it's very apparent because of Donald Trump and saying like, oh, well, this is the Chinese virus or this is the Kung flu. I think a lot of this hate speech to some degree has really ignited all these hate crimes that have happened. But this has not like happened only just around this time. I think if we really trace back to history of like the Chinese Exclusion Act or Japanese internment camps, um, we can see that there still is this very prevalent violence um, and erasure of Asian Americans and also Pacific Islanders as well. Um, but yes, definitely though, like the past, like the past year and like recently there's been just so many like hate crimes and incidents that are going on. And it's like, literally I can't just looking on Instagram, you can't help but see that there's constantly new situations that have happened and it's so disheartening to see. <laughs> I'm damn. Like, <laughs> no, I feel like these are conversations that need to be had because I feel like um, as a society, we run away from it way too much. That's true. And we try to act like it doesn't happen or that it only happens to one group. And mm -hmm. that's totally not true. But some of the attacks that have been happening have been like gruesome and really disgusting. Yeah, that is very true. I think it's just so important to recognize like yeah, this doesn't happen. Like, I think very often in America, we tend to think of a black-white dichotomy where we think of it's always between white people and black people, but we don't often think about there's people in between within the spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think this is during the time where I can see that there's more, because of the rise of hate crimes that are going on, there's more voices of people that are speaking out. Um but yeah, it tends to be often erased in this narrative sometimes. Yeah, which I feel like we definitely saw because coming 
out when coronavirus first started, the Black Lives Matter movement came and it was so strong. So to go back and research and see that the Asian community was going through all this kind of at the same time Mm -hmm. and just to not hear about it is so insane to me. Yeah, I think that's something like really important to recognize. I think sometimes I think, well, within the Asian community during when the Black Lives Matter movement was happening, for me personally, I was thinking about our community has a lot of anti-blackness rhetoric that's very often talked about and needs to be addressed within our community. So a huge part is how can we generate dialogue like this and conversations within our own individual communities? Because anti-blackness is a very prominent thing that happens within our community. Um, and it really needs to be talked about often um, within like our individual like people in the AAPI community to talk upon our friend like our friends and our family as well. So that's kind of where our situation has kind of been with the whole Black Lives Matter movement. But I think a huge part is also because black people in America have been like slaves for a really, really long time. And this has been something like the civil rights movement has been something that black people have really brought up together. And even with the Black Lives Matter movement, that happened in 2013, and it's only started to gain traction um, in 2020. Um, So, yeah, I think the history in America, like there has been this strong, immense part of protesting and like speaking out within the black community. And the Asian community has definitely helped in terms of that. But it's we how we face discrimination in some way is a little bit different to some degree because we weren't not everyone or weren't carted over to America as slaves and working as like plantation, like working in cotton places and plantations. Um, So, yeah, there's like different strains. Like there's (laughs) so many amounts of discrimination that comes from different places. So, yeah. I feel like something that I do want to say, though, while we have the platform is that despite the Asian community dealing with their um, anti-Black issues, like I don't want that to stop Black people from helping and from speaking out Mm -hmm. because if we're ever going to change anything, somebody has to be the one to say, okay, like, regardless of what our races are, like, hate crimes are hate crimes, human rights are human rights. And Mm -hmm. so, like, just like we as black people wanted everyone there to fight for us, there to protest and march and everything else, like, Mm -hmm. the Asian community deserves that same amount of, like, force and push. Honestly, because I feel like we're all fighting the same battle (laughs) against the same people who do, like, terrible things to others. But I feel like we always try to make it, like, a us-against-them thing instead of a, hey, all of us are good against evil (laughs) situation. So it's just, like, I feel like we all need to, like, come together instead of, like, the separate petty stuff. Because, yes, I get that there's people who are going to be like, oh, I'm tired of fighting. Mm -hmm. Or, like, this is tiring. Like, it happens all the time. But at the same time... It's not going to stop until we all come to one common ground. Yeah, that's very true. And I feel like within our community, we often talk about the model minority myth, which is like, oh, well, Asians are one of the highest earning people or demographic in America. Or, oh, they're always considered super hardworking. They're politically silent. These, But I think that's something so important to recognize that this is a myth, ultimately, Um, There are a lot of people within the Asian community that are in very low levels of poverty. Like very often we think of this like markers of success are very often what we see of East Asians, but less of South Asians, Southeast Asians. Um, And then that list goes on and on. And 
I think this myth in general really just pits us like our communities of color just against each other when really the ultimate goal that we're fighting is white supremacy, which is something so important (laughs) that we need to bring apart. Um, But it's so difficult and intricate sometimes because I think people kind of relate their personal experiences um, and relate and think that, oh, well, but when I want a certain group of people or when this incident happened to me, this person happened to be this person of color. So that's why I have this view against someone like that. But I don't think that's something that our narrative should be brought into where it's like, oh, well, I often see like, wow, there's just so many thoughts <laughs> that are just going on in my mind. It's okay, girl, let them out, let them out. But it's just something is that within the community very often there's this, like we pit um, black people against Asians as well and Asians against black people. But the thing is that we don't, for, like we forget that really often what is instilled is that we're all in different forms of oppression that's going on. And when we don't recognize that and we just say, oh, well, this certain community of color is this certain way and exhibits certain traits, we really lose this empathy and actually actual understanding of why are people the way that they are? Um, How does this all trace to this historical um, part that America has done with redlining, um, with like, not providing certain communities amount of resources and time and care. Um, And that's something that has to be known, but only known when people are willing to dive into the history and read more about what's going on within America and how different communities of color have been affected um, and still present to now. Yeah. (laughs) There's just so much. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel like another thing that a lot of people don't realize is there's a lot of similarities. <laughs> there is. The uh, like, for example, like the fetishization and the loving of our cultures, but not the loving of our people. Mm-hmm. It's like a very prominent thing that I've like noticed a lot. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy to me right now, especially that there's like so many attacks on the Asian community, but y'all love everything that is provided mm-hmm. from Asian people (laughs) and you want everything to do with their culture but you want nothing to do with their people and I guess my question to you guys is why do you think that is that's a really difficult part because I think I really see a lot of what's going on kind of in some similarities with when the Black Lives Matter movement had happened but I think it's just this is my thoughts on it I feel like just people don't necessarily see our community necessarily as people to some degree it's like oh well we know you we like know that you exist we have talked with you we've interacted with you but we don't necessarily like when it comes with actually actively trying to break this system and what's going on like how to speak up and talk about these negative things that are actually happening with our community I think very often people tend to veer away from that because they're like, well, why can't we just appreciate something that's more positive, something that's more uplifting? But I think when you are to accept a whole human being and a whole community, you have to recognize that there are positives that come. There's the cultural things that you really much and you very much enjoy. But you also it's so important to recognize the history of, well, how come these things that has happened in history of fetishization, of 
often being rendered invisible still exist today within modern society, but people don't tend to want to put in that work. And I think that comes so often when we're talking about performative activism um, and just activism <laughs> in general. Yeah. Because, guys, sometimes reposting that Instagram post in your story does just not do anything. It does not work. <laughs> anything, especially if you didn't even read it, if you just like, clicked the button and reposted it. Let's Especially at least read it. Y'all know nobody's actually looking at it because you're putting it on your story and they're going click, 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 click. Especially if your story has 20,000 other 20, things 000. on it. Ooh, wow. <laughs> what did Dr. Umar said? I'm putting in the work. <laughs> to put in the work, y'all. That's so important. Honestly, I feel like everybody talks about how they want to see this huge change and they want to see peace in the world, but you're not putting in the work. That's like saying you want an A and not doing an assignment. <laughs> You're getting an F. You're failing. <laughs> and that counts for everything. It's the people who, like, go to the protest and you're just there to take pictures. Oh like, are you God. actually listening to the people who are speaking to what the signs say? Like, are you actually taking it in? Or are yeah. you just there to be able to say, like, oh, I went? Yeah, correct. And if you feel like you're not the type of person who reposts, make posts, or goes to protest, have the conversation. Because I feel, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, like, it's not hard to have a conversation. We have conversations every day. We talk about dumb stuff every day. All you have to do is, like, inform somebody something. Because a lot of people do not know what's going on. And it's not even that. Matter of fact, let me scratch that. It's not that they don't know what's going on. They don't want to know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, that's so true. Because everybody has, at times, toxic positivity. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's so true. I feel like, ah. Uh, <laughs> but that's something how I feel. Like That's something I've noticed um, in my past few years being here in New York for college. But it's just... Because before I lived and I went to high school in Taiwan, so I spent more of my time just like immersing in Taiwanese culture, but also understanding more on like American culture, even though I was born here and I grew up here. But I think that's something really interesting because I think very often when we see even on Instagram, like, oh, well, it's so great to be like have positive mindsets and stuff like everything's going to work out. These are kind of things that I think are tangentially related to spirituality to some degree. But very often, I'm, and I always say this to my dad because he's very spiritual, but it's like, I don't think people are at that level of spirituality of actually recognizing that, like, you need to do something. Like, you can't just wish that things are going to, like, world peace is going to happen. Racism is not going to exist. You have to still be able to put in the work and the efforts of how am I going to get there to try and, like, reimagine this society where we can be good and we can treat people like actual decent human beings. <laughs> like we need to recognize that we need to actually actively go out to either join organizations, like attend talks, like actively read books about what's going on because yeah, otherwise when people are like, oh no, everything's gonna be fine. I'm like, that's a lie. That's <laughs> such a lie. You are not doing anything at all. All you're just doing is almost gaslighting people because yep. when you're so positive on certain things, you don't actually validate that this like this person is feeling so many emotions and going through a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts on toxic <laughs> positivity. It's just not... It's yeah. not it. It's not it, yeah. <laughs> and I guess going into that, so 
like people wake up, they check social media and the news every day, and you see things like there was someone who was set on fire, there was someone who was beaten to death, there was yeah. someone who was peed on in the subway, and instead of helping, people you just recorded. recorded it and looked and mm-hmm. stared. So I guess you being a part of the community and like these being people that you can relate to and know, how does that make you feel waking up every day to this new headline of like something else has happened or like one more person is gone? Mm-hmm. I think that makes my heart just so heavy because I'm literally thinking that all these people are literally just going about their days. They're not doing anything, just living their lives as normal people usually are doing, but instead because of the color of their skin and how they look, um, they're warranted these certain kind of people kind of put a label of, either utilizing saying like, oh, well, Asians have caused COVID or use like using this anti-Asian racism that they've had internally, they now have this like opportunity or venue they feel to do whatever it is that they please. I think that's something that really breaks my heart so much because it's like, yes, I think recording is some part of if like you don't feel safe in that certain situation and if that's the way you can do as a bystander, that's one of the things, one of the methods of being a bystander is if you have the ability to record, um, but also to ask for permission and see like, oh, is it okay if I could put this on the internet and stuff? But you're telling me in a subway full of people. Yeah. I think that's the part that irritates me. Like whether whether this happens to an Asian person, black person, Hispanic person, woman, male, whatever, You're telling me in a subway full of people, every single one of y'all just watch this man pee on this woman? Uh, Yeah, and I wonder, like, what it's like maybe being in that situation is that when you're in a state of fear and you notice that other people aren't doing certain things and you're worried that, like, if I'm the person who stands up, like, what if I get retaliated of some sort? But I think if everyone is, like, thinking that same thing, like... That still goes with change. Like, if everyone feels like, oh, I as an individual, I'm unable to do anything, like, and everyone thinks a certain way, it's so sad because it's like, as a collective, you can, if everyone actually recognize, if I just do one thing, if I actually speak out on my platform, if I actually repost that infographic, but actually do something and like call (laughs) a senator or something like that, I'm actually contributing in some change and who knows yeah like especially in a subway like what if you actually spoke out and that person didn't have to be peed on um (laughs) like just that's something that I think about where it's like sometimes when there are incidents like this I wonder like oh is it because like I'm as an Asian woman is that because I'm just rendered invisible um like and people are just kind of like oh well it's just New York things like these things happen crazy shit happens all the time like that's something that I really, it leads me to ruminate like, oh, is it, it sucks. Like having to go on the subway and then being worried that someone is going to do something. Like I already get enough like verbal comments on like as being an Asian woman or like seeing other people who are also Asian who are in a subway and then someone's like speaking. I, it's just, I see this so often and I'm so, I don't even want to say I'm used to it, but it's just, I'm so heartbroken. But It just hurts to even see, like, beyond those words, there's actions that they're taking that are hateful and very just traumatizing to also see for a person to experience that, too. 
I think something. I think something else that's like really sad is that as a society, we're so numb to everything. Yeah. Like, ooh, that was loud. <laughs> we're so like used to like hearing about death. Or yeah. hearing about some person getting abused that is just like, oh shit again. Oh dang. Oh man again. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I can't no girl, you could cuss. I'm, okay. I'm trying to cut down. You know, <laughs> some of our viewers. <laughs> Her mother. Oh, we're so sorry. Oh my god. No girl, you could cuss all you want to. I'm just trying to make trying to make a change. <laughs> but I was saying that it's like we're so like desensitized to everything nowadays to like a point where we know about murderers' names and the murderers' life mm-hmm. more than we know about the victims. Like, yeah, which is just it's mind boggling to me, because it's like even with like Black Lives Matter like stuff and situations, we know who the victims are, so we can celebrate them and we can celebrate the lives they have mm-hmm. and everything about them isn't just that day they were murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's really irritating when you click on to the news of what happened and all it is is oh this is. The murderer, or this is the person who did this, or this is the person who did that. It's like, okay, what about the mom that he hurt? Mm-hmm. The citizen that was doing her job and being happy that, like, is now taken away from their kids, or that was somebody's sister, brother, uncle. I feel like we don't we don't really praise those people for who they were as much as media and stuff praises the oppressor. That's the word. And I think <laughs> something that really killed me. I was having a conversation with somebody and they were like, oh, well, I don't talk about the victims because I don't know how to pronounce their name. And I feel like that's disrespectful if I mispronounce their name. But it's like there's so many outlets you could go to to learn how to pronounce somebody's name mm-hmm. that the amount of excuses that people can come up with is insane to me not even that it's like no disrespect to any caucasian people but the amount of complicated caucasian names and italian names and german names and this that y'all can pronounce but every time it's like a person of color's name is like um i don't i don't know i can't pronounce it and i don't want to be disrespectful it's something (laughs) ask how to pronounce it and do it (laughs) yeah that's so true i think this is the thing i think people are so afraid of being called racist so they would rather say nothing than say something um, and I think that's also very prominent, like with what we were saying about like desensitization, like with media, it's such a fast click thing. You can just get your information super quick. And then also when it comes with just this desensitization that we often see upon like other people, they feel like, well, if I actually say something like I'm worried that I'm going to be canceled because cancel culture is such a very prominent thing within our part but I think that's something so important and I always like say cancel culture is not like we should veer a little bit more against that because that prevents people from actually learning from their mistakes because not everyone is perfect not everyone can be well versed in what's going on in history in America uh, outside of America um but I think it's important that we still kind of maintain this open mind to recognize that we're we can make mistakes. We can pronounce people's names wrong. It's totally <laughs> fine. But as long as we're willing to be open in understanding, like, okay, this is the thing. How can I improve on that? I think that's most important. So I have a question, I guess, about how silence plays into your life. I know, like, a lot of times when things like this happen and you see people around you who you thought were your friends or thought were on your team who aren't speaking out, who aren't saying anything, like, it can hit a little close to home of like, well, how do you call yourself my friend 
but this huge thing is happening to a community I'm part of and you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I guess I want to ask like how that has been playing into your life with this whole situation about like the friends you keep or like the people that are in your circle. Yeah. So I think this is something really interesting. Like this like pace is a PWI and I never this was predominantly white institute for that I don't know. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> but I never been in, like, especially with the program, like, my program is, or in our class, ours is predominantly white. So I never realized that how different, to some degree, we are culturally. Like, I think there's a very strong sense of individualism that I see within my own experiences and interactions with a lot of white people. Um, And... I think during the past few years um, being in the program, it allowed me to recognize because I think my first year I was like in this whole part of like, oh, my God, like I'm only one of two Asian women in the whole program. Like, am I here because of like diversity's sake or because I'm interesting just because I am from somewhere else as opposed to like, oh, am I just interesting just as a core being just who I am? Um And also all the things that I valued were a little bit different from what a lot of my white peers seemed to value more so. It was hard to like have this kind of connection, I think. That was something. And I think that allowed me to more so distance myself to some degree. I think as much as I try to have, we have good conversations and we try to integrate things talking about race, what's going on outside of America and things like this. It's so interesting because a lot of these conversations only exist within the classroom. They don't exist outside of like, oh, like let's go out on a day trip and talk about what's been going on in our minds. Like there's just less of that connection when I interact with a lot of my white peers about race um, and things that are happening outside of the States. So I honestly feel like with the silence, I am not surprised (laughs) because I think it's so prevalent to see how much white privilege people have. And very often, I know these are such buzzwords. I know certain people, like, when they hear it, they're like, oh, my God, like, this person is talking about white supremacy, white privilege again. But I think that's so true. I think it's something so important. But I think it's also the integration of how America is with suburbs and cities because suburbs can be very, like, just – one racialized community and one racialized community so a lot of my peers have lived only in one like one house one place for their whole lives like up until they were 18 years old and then they come to college that's when they realize oh wow there's more diversity that's going on there's more people that come from different cultural backgrounds than what I recognize back at home um so I think yes so going on to this part of silence it's like I'm not I think people are kind of learning a little bit, but there's also people who are in this space where they're like, this is like, this interferes with like, this can't interfere with my art. Like I, as an actor or as an artist, I need to focus on this at some other time. But right now what I'm focusing on is getting my career, like getting, learning my skills as an actor, et cetera. All these certain things, as opposed to thinking about how can I actively contribute in anti-racism within my art within my training within everything so yes that's how I feel with the silence I'm not surprised but also very disappointed to some degree because 
I just wish that there are more people that care. I know there are some people that have reached out, which I very much appreciate. I just hope that those who haven't or have reached out are doing actively doing certain things like doing bystander invent like intervention workshops um attending like talks that are going on um reading more on books and integrating conversations of race in their conversations because that's something so important that i'm hoping i can only have this certain limit that I can go, the only thing is just for them to meet me halfway and meet whatever the community is needing halfway. So yeah, those are my thoughts. You said something about, um, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. <laughs> you said something about how like people right now are like, oh, I just want to focus on my career and stuff and I don't want that to affect me. I feel like if you are one of those people, I completely understand, like I do. But at the same time, there's people around you, your peers, that it affects their <laughs> career no matter what. Because, mm-hmm. you know, now there's a trend of black drama movies. And pretty soon there's going to be a trend of, oh, well, you know, you're an Asian woman. We want to hire you because of this is what's going on. So now it's like you have to be mindful that, yes, this may not affect you, but your peer that you're in class with every day. It affects them, whether that's personal, whether that's career-wise, whether that's just anything. It's affecting them. Oh, And I think what people have to realize is that, like, because I know a lot of time, especially people in, like, the college settings that we're in when it comes to acting programs, I've heard a lot of people come to me and say, like, oh, my education is getting interrupted because we're having to spend X amount of time talking about race or, like, my whole curriculum is getting changed because now they want to import all these, like, black plays or, like, plays written by Asian Americans and that's not the curriculum I signed up for and that wasn't what I was supposed to be learning. And it's, like, the world is supposed to change. Yes. (laughs) And also, that's the real world. Oh! Oh, no! Oh, Oh, guys! Hello and welcome. <laughs> Hi. Get on the ship. This is the real world, guys. Get on the bus. This is how it is. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I feel like people are so used to everything being structured around what is used to mm-hmm. that it's like, guys, the real world is not just made of white people. The world is not A just made of black people. A streetcar named Desire is not the only play that you need to learn. <laughs> it's not. Like, guys, yeah. There's been many people of many cultures, many races, and many genders that have shaped the art that you love. <laughs> and guys, this is the real world, so get I, used to it. Yeah, it's like, I think it's so important to recognize that our industry is slowly changing sucks that the industry changes because of what makes profit and now what we're focusing on is like oh well diversity makes profit as opposed to like oh we're actual people that are living here in this nation and our stories deserve to be told um but i think that's so important like even though you're not a person of color who's like listening but you're how you act and how you like if you're not willing to actually interact within the world and understand what's going on and only within your own bubble, I think that is a huge disadvantage to you later on when it comes to your own work Um, and who you are as an actor. Because I don't, and I was talking about this with my friend, like you, for both of us, we feel like you can't really separate the actor or the artist from their work. They're all kind of all tangentially related. Okay, lastly, how can we and the people at home listening help in any way, shape, or form? 
Um, so I think the most important thing is to really have conversations within your own social spheres or even reach out to a lot of the people in the AAPI community. I think very often people are scared of saying like, what if what happens if I were to reach out? But I think it's so important to recognize that there are a lot of people in your life that are probably part of this community and they're suffering in some way. And I think that's something really important to reach out. Another thing is more on a personal work, which is to do your readings, like read books. Um, I have a friend who's really been telling me about this, but PBS has a documentary called um, Making Asia America. Um, and it's on PBS. It's a documentary kind of detailing the history of Asian Americans in America. I think very important bystander intervention workshops. I think those are important. They're for free. You can go to I Holla Back. Um, those have free sessions for you to join read books, have your conversations about what's going on, and also use your platform in any way to speak about this, but also do something about that. So I think that's something really important that I hope listeners are willing to do um, to help and spread awareness and talk about your relationships with like the Asian American Pacific Islander community. And how does that affect, like how does your way of living and your thoughts around this community affect your own positionality of things. And also, just a side note, everybody has a platform. I don't care if you have 50 <laughs> followers, 300 followers, 20,000 followers. If you don't have an Instagram account and all you have are like your group of friends, everybody has a platform that they can be speaking on. So that is not an excuse. One person can change the world. True. <laughs> well, thank you, Isabel, for coming on here and having this conversation with us. I know conversations like these are never easy and never ending, but they need to be had. Thank you so much, you two, for having me here. If you want to keep up with Isabel, follow her on her Instagram at Isabel724Chen. We're going to put that all on our Instagram <laughs> page. And we're going to take the last like two, three minutes for Isabel to tell us about her own podcast that she has. <laughs> Called Acting, Acting Asian, Asian Podcast. Podcast. So, Isabel, if you want to <laughs> throw in that little Oh, plug. my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so, the Acting Asian Podcast, I mainly kind of, it's an opportunity to allow several Asian American Pacific Islander creatives and individuals to talk about their own stories um, going through their lives as Asian American Pacific Islanders. Um, we navigate also the part on performing arts in general, but also for other people that go into different uh, formats, different professions, and we, it got, like it all revolves around the question of what is it to be acting Asian? Because very often we are given stereotypes or generalizations of who we are as people, um, as a whole community. But how can we break that and actually remold? our views of what it's like to be Asian based on our own living experiences. So please check it out. Thank you. <laughs> I told you guys she was a lady boss. I wasn't sure in the beginning. Well, don't forget to follow us on IG at Changing the Game Podcast. And until next time, I'm Jade Gray. And I'm Alicia. And, and we're Changing, Changing the, the Game. game.